What's going on, everybody? You're listening to Hashtag No Filter. I am your host, Zach Peter, and every week I will be sitting here breaking down for you everything from hot in politics to Bruce Jenner's Fifty Shades of Nail Polish. So basically, if you're tweeting about it, we are talking about it. Today, I'm really excited because it's my debut show, and this is my new baby. I am literally giving birth to it as we, or as I speak. Um, and, and I'm excited. I have a, a fun guest on later, and I have an exciting, uh, fun co-host with me. Her name is Candace McDonald, and she is the executive director of Generation Rescue, and she helps run the uh, National Philanthropy Day for AFP. She is a big philanthropist, and she's a mommy, and she has a man, and he put a ring on it, and she is just busy, busy, busy. And she's going to be breaking down uh, this week's topics with, topics with me. Welcome, Candace. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm excited to have you. And we are sipping on our Cool Collins cocktails, which are, they're nice. They're refreshing. Um, It's square one organic vodka, uh, cucumber organic vodka, and some lemon, soda water, and a little mint because we're fancy. I love it. It's It's nice nice and refreshing. It's refreshing. I normally don't like um, flavored vodkas, but you can't really taste too much of a, of a heavy flavor, so I, I think I dig it. It's light. All right, well, before we get into the big news stories, I want to talk about um, a little challenge that we decided to take earlier in the month. So Generation Rescue um, challenged its community to give up one thing for the entire month of April, which is Autism Awareness Month, and for every time you complain or want to cheat you have to donate one dollar and for every time you actually cheat you donate ten dollars and so i decided to give up my biggest vice which is sugar and candace you gave up wine which is your biggest vice cannot believe i decided to do that considering my son goes to a french school (laughs) and we drink wine just about with every meal yeah you love wine you love your rosé yes rosé is my favorite anything pink actually yeah, see, and then for me, sugar, I am the biggest sugar junkie. Everything um, sweet, anytime there's like a candy shop, I have to buy candy and anything, any type of sugar, I can get it anytime. It's funny because lately I've, or before we did the challenge, I would find myself just like getting, I hate to admit this, but I would get like the honey and just dab it onto my finger and just taste it just because I needed my sweet fix. <laughs> Um, but I'm surprised at how well I've been able to hold up. Yeah, I can't believe that you haven't cheated yet. I haven't cheated once. I've complained a lot. I have probably have about 20 complaints so far, but um, but I have not cheated once. Well, I have four complaints, and I've cheated 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> In there, at least, were, was a fundraiser for my son's school and okay. um, a good dinner with my family, and it was actually Passover as well. So I had some uh, memorable occasions while I was <laughs> but I feel bad. I feel bad not. I mean, I like that I've given up the sugar and I feel better and I feel like my I can think clearly. But um, I feel bad because the whole point is you're supposed to cheat and give to the charity. So I've at least made a, a personal commitment that if I can last all 30 days, then I'll just cut a straight hundred dollar check to Generation Rescue. So I'm hoping that I can stick to it. Wonderful. Because um, I, I like this no sugar thing. I miss sugar, but I like I like the mental clarity that I've got out of it. 
Okay, so let's, um, if you want to check out the challenge, go to generationrescue.org. Um, I know April is already almost over, but I mean, give it up for another 30 days and, and donate to Generation Rescue. They're doing great things for families affected by autism um, and providing medical treatment grants to um, to these families. And it's great. My family was a, a recipient in 2010 and we benefited from it. And I think everybody should go and support. So let's get into our first our first segment, hashtag trending, and we are going to cover some of the biggest um, the biggest stories generating buzz online right now. So I think um, most most recently, uh, Pink was at what an award show. She was at a charity event at UCLA for um, a physician that she was close to. Yeah, and she was wearing a black dress that she put on in the kitchen, and she felt really good and had taken a photo in it and went to the event. But of course, in true media um, fashion, yeah. they were sort of shaming her and her body about how she looked, and um, you know she handled it in a really awesome. Way. Yeah, I think she handled it really well um, and just kind of embraced her body. But I mean, I mean, this is a good and I saw this happen with Alyssa Milano a couple years where um, I think it was a comedian that made a joke about her weight and kind of just said, well, she got pregnant and then she kind of just gave up on her body. And she responded. She's like, you know what? I'm a mom. Or I think the one that I liked the best was Jennifer Garner. Um where paparazzi said that they saw a baby bump. And then she went on Alan and she's like, yes, I have a baby bump. No, I'm not pregnant, but I had three kids. And yeah, I have a baby bump. There's a bump there. Deal with it. Um, and, and I like that. But I guess the question is, does agreeing to being a public figure mean that it's okay to have your body scrutinized in the public like that? I mean, it's people tweet about it. They write about it. It's in blogs and magazines. I don't think you agree to that. When you agree, so quote yeah. unquote, to become famous, I think once you're famous, um, there's a lot of other sort of baggage that goes along with it, and one of those is media, and media isn't always great, and fans aren't always positive either. But the thing I like about Pink was she responded and she said, "You know what? I have an amazing body that um, is really strong, does. and I'm giving myself a break right now because I deserve that because yeah. I've." committed a lot to having this amazing body and right now it needs it needs some time off have you ever found yourself in that place because i feel like a lot of these women that are being fat shamed and that are um speaking out against our moms did you kind of find that struggle after you had Bodie? Absolutely. After I had Bodie, you know, it was the first time in my life I had gained weight. I had never struggled with weight before just because I was a competitive gymnast in my childhood. And so I had a hard time. I went through several different workouts. I did Barry's Boot Camp. I did Bikram Yoga, lost a bunch of it. And then my body was in a different place. And I, I found what I still do today, which is Tracy Anderson method. And I swear by it. I love it. It's my now it's my vice. Um, but it gives me also the energy and the stamina to keep up with, you know, my work and my son and, and just live a full life. But it also gives me the confidence that if I decide I want to take off three months, like I did the end of last year, <laughs> that I can do that and then go back to it. Um, it doesn't mean that it's not hard yeah. to go back to it, but you still feel um, fulfilled in a way when you have that time off because you know what your body's capable of. Yeah. So to, to, to stay on that same topic, but to flip it a little bit, what do you think about the celebrities that are scrutinized for being too thin? 
like Bethany Frankel, Juliana Rancic, they're the two that are kind of in the media a lot right now for being, you know, too skinny. Is it okay to to is it okay to talk about their weight? Honestly, I think there's more important issues in the world that the media should be focused on. I agree. And that's my biggest 100%. pet peeve about yeah. focusing on the way people look, look. or their weight. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. I think I think though that it's easier for people to comment or, or to pick on people that are it's easier for them to call people out for being too thin and people have a little more discretion when it comes to um talking about someone who's overweight you know people at least i know like for me when i was really heavy and i grew up i struggled with my weight um throughout my childhood i was really overweight and, and people never said a thing about oh we're concerned that you're too heavy but when i started losing a lot of weight then it became a concern of oh you're be- you're getting too thin and so i think there's this false sort of um worry that people are are, are too skinny but i mean if you wouldn't tell somebody that you're concerned that they're overweight is it okay to tell somebody that you're concerned that they're too thin Right. I think there's almost a reverse psychology behind it. And it's it's a hard it's hard either way, right? Yeah. And really in the end, who is someone else to talk about someone else's body? I agree. I mean if you don't want your body talked about, don't talk about somebody else's body. And we can just leave that at that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay. Next topic is uh, Bruce Jenner's transformation. His his interview with Diane Sawyer is coming out. I'm so excited. I'm excited too. I I I don't know what to think about it, though. I mean, he he hasn't come out and publicly said anything, but everybody, there's all this speculation that he, I mean, he's obviously doing it, right? I mean. I think so. I th- I think it would be funny. If, if he, we're going to believe the media, right? I think that's it, well, if. that's the thing. I think it would be funny if he did the interview and it was something completely different than, you know, all this speculation. Um, but I guess we're going to have to wait to see. Are you, you're going to tune in? Yes. I'm excited. I, I think to, to. And I think what I read online was that he said he's known that he's wanted to do this since he was like a a kid. And I think to have that mindset and to think that I was born in the wrong body, if that's even what he's um, claiming, we won't know until we see the interview. But I mean, I think that whole mindset of, of feeling like you were born in the wrong body or, you know, feeling like there's something uh, different or that that you're just not connecting with within yourself and then to now have such a big change he's what almost 50 i mean almost 70 and he's like that's a big change it's such a a late time in your life and he's been married and had kids and it's just well and if it's true it must feel it must feel good for him to be in a place where he's finally able to do it. It must have been so tough for him, though, to live that long and have that secret and to live with that type of burden. I just think that's... I can't wait to watch the interview. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and now let's move into our next segment, Swipe Left, Swipe Right, and this is where we're going to quickly go through um, a couple of other topics that are making news right now. And um, Swipe Left means, nope, not feeling it, get rid of it. Swipe Right is, yes, love it, keep it around. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. First up, Hillary Clinton running for president. Swipe left or swipe right? Right. Right. Okay. I think I I think I'm gonna swipe right too. I don't know who I'm I don't on the know. fence, but yeah. I'm going right. I don't know if I'm gonna vote for her yet. I don't know who I'm gonna vote for yet, but I think I wanna give her a shot and hear what she has to say and see what this candidacy uh, brings her. So I'm swiping right to Hillary. 
Okay, SB 277, the California bill mandating childhood vaccines without parental consent. Left. Yeah, I just think I, I swipe left. I, I, you can't, I think when you give the government that much control and that much power, it, it's bordering risky territory. I agree. And I think for anyone who's a parent, you want to know what's happening with your child. You don't yeah. want someone else making those decisions for you. Absolutely. And, and I caught a clip of when they were doing the first hearing, and it, it was refreshing to see how many parents believed in vaccines and had vaccinated their children that still came up and said, you know what, I vaccinate my kids, but I still think that, it, that you know, p- parents have the right, you know, that it shouldn't be mandated. All right, next one. The religious restor- the religious freedom restoration act allowing businesses to refuse gay customers. <laughs> Left. I mean the idiocy of this whole thing just this whole topic drives me yeah. nuts because how can you refuse a customer? If I was a business owner and say I didn't like a certain religion, I'm just going to start refusing them to come into my store. Doesn't yeah. make sense to me. I think when you decide to open up a business that's open to the general public, like you can't, you, you can't just pick and choose who you want to to serve as a customer based off of you know your own personal beliefs. I mean, I get it. I understand you know the idea behind religion, and I understand because the big example that they're throwing out is is like a baker, yes. uh, a Christian baker making a wedding cake for a, a gay couple, um, and I get it. But it's like. It's your job. It's a business. You're still running a business and you still have to serve the customer. I guess for me, I always thought the United States had moved beyond this. Yeah. But clearly we haven't. And I feel like we've reverted a lot in the past 20 years in terms of um, just fundamental acceptance and rights for our fellow neighbor. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I don't know. That's that's definitely, that, that's a swipe left. I just, and I don't think that religion is a good excuse to, to be prejudiced toward, toward anybody. Because, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. You're exactly. being prejudiced. Um, I just, uh, that's enough of that. <laughs> okay, uh, Bruce Jenner's rumored docuseries. So he's doing the Diane Sawyer interview, but he hasn't confirmed that he's doing an actual docuseries that's going to follow him through his transition. Are you going to watch? I would swipe right. Yeah, I would. You know, I love the um, Amazon show Transparent. I thought that was a really telling, um, eye-opening saga um, of how to showcase what it was for an older man to to go through that and make that choice later in life. And I think um, a lot of people would benefit from seeing that. I think it's eye-opening and it just exposes you to something that you don't know and you don't understand. Yeah. And I think exposure and if you're open-minded, that that ultimately creates acceptance in the end. But uh, but acceptance is going to lead to people marrying their pets. <laughs> Isn't that the argument going on right now? I, I agree. I don't know if I'm entirely swiping right because I don't know if I'm going to sit and watch the entire series. But I'm interested to see how it kind of starts off. Um, and I might change my mind. I might totally be interested in it. I just am not the biggest Bruce fan. But, I mean, I'm, I'm curious. So maybe this, this interview might change my mind. Okay. Speaking of Bruce, the Kardashian reality TV franchise, left or right? I'm left on this one. Really? However, I love Kris Jenner. I think she's a brilliant businesswoman who created an amazing empire for those, for her daughters. And, she's smart. And the kids. People she's don't like smart. her, but I mean. But I don't like the show. If she wasn't successful, they wouldn't have all of the um, 
success and shows and money and yeah. business. It wouldn't have been on, right what now. is it, 10, 10 seasons? It's on now? the 10 season. That's just the Kardashian show. They have a, a whole bunch of different spinoffs for each of them. I. I think I'm going to have to swipe right only because it's currently on my DVR and I watch it as background noise. <laughs> so I'm going to have to swipe right to that one. Okay, Bethany Frankel. So we saw her talk show fail. We saw her divorce public. It was kind of a bad year for her last year. But now she has a new book out. She's back on Housewives. Her skinny girl empire is just growing. What do we think? Is this the year of Bethany? I don't mind her. I'd swipe right. I like her. I think I... When you see somebody go through such a public divorce and then to see them do this big talk show that got picked up and then ended up getting canceled after the first season, um, that that's tough on anybody. And I, I think I'm rooting for her. Yeah, she's a risk taker. And I, I like think her. that's... Yeah, I like her. I good. saw her a couple weeks ago at The Grove and I got her new book, which I started reading. I suck at relationships, so you don't have to, um, <laughs> <laughs> which has been very enlightening. <laughs> okay, Uber. Swipe left, swipe right. Your personal driver. Swipe always right. Always. I think it's the most genius invention ever. Yeah, and I, I just agree. wish more people in Los Angeles would use it. Um, just, you know, it's easy. I, I like mean, it. You pay but I, a couple bucks or 20 and you, you get home. And I agree. And I like the new Uber pool. I haven't tried that one yet. I've tried it a couple times. Uh, they're doing a promotion, so you can travel anywhere for like five bucks. And I've been doing that. And I, I love it. Well, I, I Uber all the time. And I know you do because you're always yeah. traveling. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to swipe right to Uber. Um, and I especially love Uber because they uh, love our listeners. And they've given you guys a discount code when you use the code Uber No Filter. That's Uber No Filter. When you download the app, you get your first ride free. So go check out Uber. Use code Uber No Filter and get your ride completely free. You'll love it. I promise. Awesome. And now we have our Lady of the Hour. She is the Executive Director of the International Hyperbarics Association. She's also a coordinator for MAPS, which the MAPS Conference, which is the Medical Academy of Pediatrics Special Needs. She's an international speaker. She has such an incredible story, and she's always a blast to be around. Please welcome Shannon Kennetz. Hi, Shannon. Hi, you guys. Hi. How are you? Hi, Candace. How are you guys doing? We're good. A little nervous because it's my first show, but we're good. <laughs> I, I know. I, I was, I've been listening in, and I just want to say congratulations on your show. I think it's going to be fantastic and um, from what I've heard so far. So congratulations. I know it's something that you've wanted to do for a long time, and it's great that you're going for your dream. Everybody should. Oh, thank you. So for people that aren't familiar with your story, do you want to give us a real quick overview of, you know, kind of your journey with Grace and with Lily? Sure. Well, I have the honor and privilege to be the mom to two of the most wonderful daughters any mother could ever have. Um, my older daughter, Lily, is 18, and she's in her first year of college. Um, so that's been a little bit of a transition for our family because it's always been the three of us at home. And then my youngest daughter, Grace, as you know, um, who has special needs. She has a, a rare um, terminal mitochondrial disease along with autism. Um, and um, our life has been amazing despite the challenges that um, we've encountered as a family. Um, but, you know, we're here, and Grace is doing great, and, and I feel incredibly blessed to be able to share her story to millions of people, um, especially to parents that are, you know, maybe needing some hope in their life when they get the diagnosis of their child having something wrong with them. 
And you guys just um, celebrated two milestones for Grace. What were those? We, we did. Um, Gracie just celebrated her six, sweet 16, and mm. we had a huge celebration for her. She loves swimming, um, and so we have it every year at, at this um, hotel. L- lends us a place at the Holiday Inn and lets us have their pool area. The media all comes because they've been following Grace's story since she was three months old. And um, we had an extra surprise this time around um, where a local charity had heard about our story. And I've been wanting this adaptive bike for Grace for years. Um, Grace was in a wheelchair until she was seven years old. But thanks to hyperbaric oxygen therapy, my daughter is now out of her wheelchair. And one of her favorite things to do besides swimming is on this adaptive bike at school. And um, this local charity ended up, you know, hearing about us, and um, they donated a bike for Grace. So she wow. got this huge bike celebrated to her, and it was amazing. That's um, awesome. Aw. So it sounds like Grace has really come a long way. She has. I mean, and you know, we, you know, every day Lily and I look at Grace in amazement because sometimes we'll be in the kitchen and all of a sudden we'll be like, where's Grace? And we go in the living room and she's not there. And it's, it's kind of like one of those almost eerie feelings at first because, you know, for so many years she just laid on her back. She would have hundreds mm-hmm. of seizures a day. She was in the hospital for the first three years of her life and not a, ever you know, we are told never to expect anything out of grace. And, um, and we'll be, we'd look at each other in the living room and then we'd also, we hear laughing and we go upstairs and she's either in her sister's room or she's in her room. And it's just, it still is amazing every day for us to realize and to see how far she's come, especially since, you know, we are told that this would never happen, that we would never have this type of a relationship, um, with her, you know, especially me as her mom, you know, I was told that she would never know who I am, that I am her mom. She'd never understand love, um, that she would live a pretty horrible life, Mm. that her sister would never know, you know, what it felt like to really be a sibling. And that's just not the case for our family. We, we, we know, um, that Grace knows that I'm her mom and Lily is her sister. We know that Grace knows that she is loved and Lily and sister, Lily and Grace have an incredible sister bond. So it's been a very, very amazing journey. So for our listeners out there, I have a question for you. Um, what do you attribute um, to her success? And what's helped her sort of the most? And how would you, um, how would you describe that? Was, it, was there a treatment or was it your, um, your mindset or was it a combination of several things? You know, for me, it truly was, you know, something I'm very passionate about because I know that it's the number one thing that saved my daughter's life to get her to the point where I could do other things with her, and that's hyperbaric oxygen therapy. And um, it's where you go into a chamber and oxygen is forced into your cells on a cellular level. It gets into your blood, your blood plasma, and starts to repair. It goes across the blood-brain barrier. And it was literally the number one thing for us. I mean, I noticed, you know, Grace at age three only weighed 15 pounds. And that was on a good day when her hair was wet. She had a feeding tube. She would have 100 seizures an hour. She, you know, you know, she just was, she was not present. She was blind. And I heard about hyperbarics from other parents. And I'm like, okay, I have nothing to lose because, you know, she was, you know, basically on life support. They were going to stop any means of keeping her alive. Took her out of the hospital, ventured to Florida actually to start hyperbaric therapy. And within the first 10 treatments, Grace started to move her fingers and started to lift her head up. 
and it's just been an amazing journey since then because of what it did for my daughter. I now advocate for other families around the world um, to get hyperbarics for their children with all different types of special needs, and it's just been amazing. It, it, it definitely is what saved Grace's life was hyperbarics. That's Awesome. And Shannon, you're such a great speaker because you and I, we, we, we spoken together um, last year in Dallas. And I just, I every time I hear your story, I just fall in love with it every time because you've really, I mean, it, you've really struggled and you come out of it and you are so strong and your message is so powerful with hope. Um, I guess my question for you is, um, I, it's fair to say that you know the challenges of raising a child with special needs. So do you ever look at people that um, complain about their lives and kind of think, you know, you have no reason to complain about your life. You have no idea what it means to really struggle. Oh, of course. I mean, you know, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't. There are, you know, especially when I see my friends and even my brothers who have kids within 60 days a part of my kids. And I see that they were going through all the milestones and they were getting to enjoy all the things that come with having a typical normal kid, such as, you know, being on a sports team, such as getting your driver's license or being on the debate team or just being able to talk, being able to do different things. And it's such a pro- it used to be such a process even to take Grace to a park because we had her hooked up to so many machines. And there are days, and I, and I always tell parents that it, it truly is okay to feel sad because you did lose something. And yeah. I think that sometimes we forget that it's okay to grieve for <laughs> yeah. somebody that's still alive. Mm-hmm. You know, people yeah. think the grieving process is all about when they're gone. But, you know, when you lose something that's supposed to be turned out different, everybody talks about having two kids and the white picket fence and the dog, and you never dream that you're going to have, you know, a family and something like this is going to happen. But what I don't like to see is parents that get stuck in that mode where they they just can't get past the fact that everybody around them has a different life and i mean we all go through it and i think that what's most important is what you do at the end of the day i have my cries i call my good girlfriends like candace i will cry (laughs) and and then i get over it and i move on because it's the only way that grace is going to move on and lily is if i move on so i think that it's really important for parents Um, grandparents, aunts and uncles, you know, friends to realize that, you know, we do have it difficult. It's not easy raising a a child with special needs. And there's so many challenges that that people don't even realize. And there's so many things that I see other people taking for granted with their kids. And as much as I always want to say, man, you know, you're lucky, you know, (laughs) I feel like that doesn't really help me at all. You know, I feel like everybody has their, their own issues. They all live in their own you know, family lifestyle. And, you know, just because some family might look perfect, it doesn't mean that they are. And I have to say that I I do believe in the cliche that, you know, I have something more than any of my brothers even, because they will never experience what I did with my children and with Grace. And I have a different level of love. I have a different Mm -hmm. level of understanding and a different level of respect. And so I think that you know, I truly, as hard as it is, I feel incredibly blessed that I truly know what it means to love someone so much and want to do so much for them to just have them be the best little girl that she can possibly be. And every time she does something new, whether it's when she took her first steps or when she said mama for the first time at age six, that those things mean more to me than maybe what it would mean to somebody else. 
That's awesome. That so do you is it fair to say that there do you believe in hope? Do you believe that that there is hope for for parents that have children that are that are struggling right now? I do. And it, you know, people that have heard me speak around the country, that's that's my my talk is hope and possibilities and hope is truly my favorite word because I truly feel that if you have hope then anything is possible. And Absolutely. are you going to get everything that you possibly want? No, but when you're a parent and you see just a little bit of improvement in your child, that holds you until you get to that next improvement. And But the only way you're going to have that is to, to have hope. I mean, I, I really feel that we really, what we lack in our country, I feel, when it comes to special needs and the medical community is that, especially like I did growing up, my, my brother is a doctor, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a psychologist by trade, I, I believe in mainstream medicine. However, I think that sometimes we forget that doctors, if you actually look at like their oath and you look at what they sign, they actually, they're considered that they're practicing medicine. And when you practice medicine, you don't, it's not always going to be 100%. It's not always going to be right. There's going to be things out there that might be innovated and new, and there's not a ton of research on it, but it's helping. And I, and I think sometimes that stops parents from really pushing forward with hope because when you're sitting in a hospital room like I was 16 years ago being told that Grace would never live past the age of two and that, you know, I need to let her go. I remember our family priest coming into the hospital, all my family there, and then telling me that I had a problem because I needed to let Grace go because I had to focus on my other daughter who was healthy. And I remember in that moment of being in that room, I just looked at every one of them, my mom, my dad, my brothers, my grandparents, my best friends, and I just said, listen, and even our family priest, and I said, if you're not with me, you can get the hell out of that door right now, because I am fighting for my daughter's life, and maybe this isn't as much about grace as it is about me, so you're wanting me to give up hope on grace, but maybe someone, God, whoever is telling me that I need to fight for this child. And so when I made my decision that this is what I was going to do, you were either with me or you weren't with me. And it didn't mean I didn't love you. It just meant get out of my way. I'm on a mission to get my daughter better. And you can either stand next to me or you can find me later on in my life and we'll be back together. Absolutely. And I think that's a great note to end on. Thank you so much, Shannon. Where can oh, people where can people connect with you? Oh, thank you. And I'm so glad. I'm so excited for your show. I can't wait to tune oh, in more. Thank you. So where can people find you? They can find me. Um, actually, I, I give out my cell number to, to all parents, um, even physicians that want to know more about hyperbarics. And that's at 213-880-0186. Or they can email me at S-K-E-N-I-T-Z at IHAUSA.org. And I always tell people, if you're a parent and if you're wanting to reach me about your child, make sure you put that in the subject line because I usually will answer all those emails first. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Shannon. We appreciate you taking the time out to, to come and chat with us. Thank oh, you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank oh, and you. by the way, I'm going to owe Generation Rescue some money at the end of this month. <laughs> well, Thanks for taking our Candace, challenge. Candace oh, will you're appreciate welcome. the it's check. It's been fun. You guys have a great night. <laughs> thank you, Shannon. Thanks. Yep. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And be sure to catch us again at hashtag NoFilterWithZachPeter next week and every other week after that. 
Subscribe on iTunes and don't forget to follow me on Twitter at JustPlainZach, Instagram at JustPlainZach, and visit JustPlainZach.com for updates and and everything else. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Shannon, and thank you, Candace. Thank you. We'll be right back.